supportive families. This is Emily Penrod, and my guest today is Mike Holker. He is a husband, father, and author, and I really admire your past experience. This, you, you have been doing something for 20 years that I have a great deal of respect for. Can you tell us about that? You bet. So my experience comes from working with families over the past 20 years. Uh, my wife and I, about a year after we got married, we had an opportunity to open up a residential boarding school for troubled youth. There was one girl at the time, and we were able to help grow it to over 300 boys and girls in due time. Um, and so I, I, I did everything from being frontline staff to a family liaison to a administrator and director. Um, my wife and I were also trackers for the state. Uh, we were foster parents and we have three kids ourselves and we felt impressed over the last five years to put together a process called Leaving People Better and that's what we'll be talking about in, in short today. All right and I like that. I like that. Well, it reminds me of the quote, you know, always leave people better than you found them. Is that kind of where you got the idea for that? Yes. Most great things in life that I've accomplished, I owe to my mother. And it was always a rule of hers growing up that if we ever traveled, if we stayed at anyone's house, if we ever borrowed anything, you always left it better than you found it. And so as I was piecing this together, my mom kept popping up in the back of my head and, uh, it, it rang real true for, for what it is that we ended up compiling. So it was a really good fit. And I spent uh, eight and a half years working at residential treatment facility for troubled youth, at-risk youth. And so That's I good. have some appreciation of, you know, it was the most challenging and the most rewarding job <laughs> I ever had. I think you had a similar comparison to make. Yes. Yep. I, I used to tell people the most fun and most frustrating thing I ever did. <laughs> yes. That is true. That is true. These are youth with a unique set of challenges. And, and I know our approach, too, was to work with the parents as well and kind of make that bridge so that when the the youth went back home. It was as smooth as possible, but that's a, you know that's a real challenge. Now, tell us a little bit more about your book. Well, that's a perfect lead-in because after working with a couple thousand families, uh, one of my favorite students that I ever worked with was a boy named Connor from the Midwest, and he had been in eight different treatment residential wilderness therapy type programs. So we were his ninth. And when he first came in, he was very resistant to change, adamant about not following or, you know, following the rules or doing what he's supposed to. And what happened was he had 0.5 credits of high school complete, a half of credit of geometry going into the 12th grade. So he had found a way to manipulate the system in between these different therapies and residential and outpatient therapy, he'd do just little enough to not get credit. And so he was adamant. He told his mom and I, 
till he was blue in the face. I'm getting my GED. There's nothing you can do about it. When I turn 18, I'm gone. Well, what happened was his mom and I, after months of trying to get him to do school, uh, we did a little bit of reverse psychology and said, look, that's fine. You're going to be an adult soon. If you want to get your GED, that's okay. But you still have to go to school. Well, that didn't sit well with him for very long. In fact, he started getting some schoolwork done because he stopped focusing on having to do this absorbent amount of work that he'd never done before. Well, in a 10-month period, he did 23 and a half credits of high school online. He graduated from our character building program with honors and just a star student. It, if I didn't have enough for love and respect for his mom, I probably would have tried to adopt him. Just one of my all-time favorite students. Well, he went home, and I'll never forget, I was sitting at the school one night, and it was about one in the morning, and I got a call, and it was Connor. And I could tell he was under some substances, and how much of that conversation he truly understood, I don't think I'll ever know. But we, we talked for a good 30, 40 minutes, and uh, I went to bed. Well, a couple of weeks later, my family and I were in Mexico on vacation, and I'll never forget sitting on this sandy beach, and I, I looked down, and I, I had an email from his mother, and come to find out he had overdosed on heroin and had passed away. Mm -hmm. And as I looked over the ocean, and as I saw my family, I was destroyed inside. And I could not comprehend what had just happened because I'd never put as much love, time, attention into a, you know, another student and another family and, and just reminiscing on all the great times we had and just more change than I'd ever seen in, in 15 years of working with youth. And it just didn't sit well. And from that moment on, something ignited inside of me that said, what we're doing is good, but there's got to be something that's better to help families proactively. And so I, I've never been a writer. I've never written a book, but I just had this impression that I, I did not want my kids to go throughout life not knowing what I've internalized and not knowing what I've experienced because even though I worked with youth in my 20s and 30s. I felt like I had the experience of someone who was in their older ages with as much as I had learned. So I started to just jot down notes. And I'll never forget on my notepad on my phone when I finally printed out, and these were shorthand notes. So I would just write something very simple, and I knew automatically what that meant. I printed it out. I put it on you know, one long Word doc. And it was 21 pages long of just shorthanded, real simple notes of things that I'd learned over the last 20 years. And as I started to compile it and put it together, my focus and emphasis was on my children and my wife. And I thought this is going to be a, a really good journal for them to have the best of the best of everything that I know. If I were to pass away, they would have that part of me. Well. It, it wasn't maybe a week into me starting to uh, 
figure out all this information and I started writing when back to back to back to back days, I had siblings, mother, mother-in-law, sister-in-law, they all called me four straight days in a row saying, we've got this issue, struggling with my spouse, issue with my child, I can't figure this out, I'm struggling personally. And it dawned on me what I'm about to compile was for my extended family as well. And sure enough, a couple of weeks went by. And as I put this together, I realized this is for anyone I'm ever going to come across. <laughs> and, and so I ended up writing it all out. It was never engineered to be a book. It was more to be a journal for my family. Um, but it ended up being just, it just as easy to compile everything and, and put it into a book. All right. And can you show us the book? Yes. Got it right there. You betcha. So it's, again, it's called Leading People Better. Then you yep. can see Becoming the Best Version of Yourself is right at your fingertips. Okay. I know you're going to tell us about the fingertips. Yes. And if, and I'll, I'll say this at the end as well, but leadingpeoplebetter.com. We've got a, a, a video, some more information, testimonials. Uh, you can learn a little bit more about us. And in that video, it explains this hand infographic. And what it is, is it's ways to better yourself and others proactively within five seconds, five minutes, five hours, five days, and within a five-year plan. What I realized is therapy, counseling, coaching are such amazing tools and resources for families. I also realized that it's not as easily accessible, affordable, or sometimes people don't go and access those resources until it's too late or, you know, relationships have been damaged to, to the point of no repair. And so what this does is it allows someone to flip this and instead of saying, you need help, you need to change, you have issues, it's the ability to go up to someone, anyone, and say, hey, where would you like to be better? What do you do already that's pretty good and you'd like to improve? Because every single one of us know where our struggles lie. We understand what our shortcomings are, what our faults are. We don't need to be reminded. And if we wanted to change them, we would. But everyone I know, if it's a spouse coming up to another spouse, or a mother to a, a child, or a child to a grandparent, whatever the demographic is, everyone you and I know wants to become better in some way, shape, or form. So what happens is leaving people pet, leaving people better provides an option for people to have a much more easy transparent way of bettering themselves and the domino effect of what always happens is some of those areas that they may not have been open to discussing or looking into once they start to see that hey this is really helping me in areas that I want to better naturally it transitions to there's some things I probably habitually want to change, just haven't been able to change. I wonder if those resources exist in here. And the answer is yes. And so it's more of a 
a prerequisite, if you will, to counseling, therapy, coaching, uh, with the hope that that maybe you may not need to utilize those types of resources, or at least maybe not to that extent. I love your comment about everyone knows what they're doing wrong. And that's been my experience too. I agree. My observation is people need to be reminded of what they're doing right. You know, sometimes we need that validation. So this sounds like it is far more than just a self-help book. Would it be accurate to say it could be used in conjunction with therapy or coaching or, and it could be used before there's a problem. So a, a family, when everything is calm and peaceful, this would, work, this would be a valuable resource for them. Or when there is a crisis in the family, it would also be a valuable resource there. Yeah, so I'm, I'm the youngest in my family, and I've been able to watch 30-some-odd nieces and nephews marriages, divorces, annulments, separations. I've been able to sit back and observe just in my own family, let alone thousands of other families over the years, what typically happens. And if if you take a look at this from a proactive stance, unfortunately, our country's pretty reactive when it comes to getting help. Yes. They wait until things are too far but what if you could pick up on some of those indicators and instead of saying, huh, I'm, I'm seeing something with my child or with my father or mother or my spouse, what if instead of saying, again, you need help, what if you could offer a different type of help without them even knowing what you're really doing? And there's, there's not a hidden agenda here. But it really is about, hey, where would we like to be better in our marriage? And it it takes a lot of courage to muster up to get to a counselor's office, to get to a therapist's office, even to get to the point of acknowledgement that I need help. So absolutely, helping people to get to that point where it's it's much less elusive and they just have an opportunity to sit back, okay. I'm going to approach this differently. And that's, that's honestly the goal of, of leaving people better. And I have always heard, too, that you, the only person you can change is yourself. So reading the book and being aware of how you, as a reader, can become better, then to me, that would instigate a desire in those around you, your other family members, to also want to become better is that what you found yes because if if i if i look at this and say okay i'm going to start with myself and that self-actualization and the discovery starts to come within me of oh my gosh i've always done what i've done because i know what i know and i raise my kids the way that i do because that's how my parents raised me yes so if i have some additional tools and resources to tap into all of a sudden, a spouse can introduce that to their other spouse and say, I got to share with you something that I, I'd love to experiment. I'd love to try this out. What do you think? Well, that's another way of saying what we're doing is not working. But typically, people are really good at pointing out each other's faults. 
And uh -huh. so there's a proactive way to do the exact same thing, but to say, you got to check this out. And they'd be much more receptive to that. Exactly. Because if I've, if, yeah. Yeah. If, if I've done my due diligence on the subject matter and I present it and sit down with my family or sit down with my spouse and say, Hey, I just learned this. Let me tell you about it. What do you think? Then it's people are much more open. They're much more flexible to taking a look at it instead of, Hey, you have issues. We all have issues. <laughs> yes, is, we do. <laughs> this is a this is a way to to really help people get what it is that they want out of their relationships and families. Okay. In a different way. All right. Now I really I'm really intrigued with the things you can do in five seconds. And you said each of those had ten tips. That's what you got. Your tips. tips. Yes. All right. So, all right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you an example here, and so for example, you'll see, and I'm going to talk about this one. This is the pointer finger, and okay. there's, there's 10 fingertips, so this is number six. So you can see, this is really set up in more of a blog format, and mm -hmm. every single fingertip has an action item. Okay. So in the very beginning of the book, I tell people just to go, if they don't have one at home, go pick up a notebook for 99 cents at Walmart. Mm -hmm. And what they're going to do is they're going to journal throughout this process. There's 50 fingertips. And so if, if a couple of those, if they don't feel they apply, set them to the side and move on. These are very simple reads that you can do in a couple of minutes, but they're power packed. They're the best of the best of everything that I've learned in working with families. So what I thought I would do is just briefly, if it's okay, I'm going to, I marked five here from each finger. So these are five fingertips from each finger. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll kind of share with you the practical application of how this works. Would that be okay? That's great. That's great. Go ahead. Okay. So this first one that I, I noted is called the cause statement. And this is probably one of the only fingertips that has a previous fingertip that's attached to it. Otherwise, they're, they're pretty individualized. So without going into a lot of the story, I want to share with you the result. So in my office here, you can see I have a calendar. And I know this, this might be a little bit difficult to see, so I'll kind of move up here as much as I can. Okay. Yeah. This is our Hoker family cause statement. And you can see surrounding it are little cause statements with pictures that reaffirm the words. Now, what am I talking about? Well, what we do as a family is every day we look and repeat in the present tense what it is that we want, even if it doesn't exist. And we look at those pictures to re-emphasize that point. And then we put our little picture, a little face up on that day. And at the end of the week, if we all accomplish it, we will have a goal. So most times it's something simple. Go and play pickleball as a family. Go watch a movie together. When we didn't have a lot of money, we would go to the gas station and they could pick one treat 
off the off any of the trays at the gas station. And what happened was my wife and I decided to experiment with this. I've done a lot of research and a lot of studying on the subconscious mind and how to reprogram it. Well, we conducted experiments with our kids when they were four, six, and eight years old. And I'll never forget helping them create this because the first time they had no idea what they were doing. So my wife and I knew there were a couple things we could probably do to help. And then as the iterations occurred, a miracle happened. They would come to us and say, hey, can I change this? I want to do something different. Can we do that instead? So initially, my four-year-old daughter, imagine this, she struggled with sharing, as most four-year-olds do. <laughs> they do. Well, in her statement, she had a little picture that reminded her of this, and, and she would repeat out loud, I love to share. I'll never forget, a couple weeks after we did this, I walk in the front living room, and my two oldest are fighting over a toy, and out of the next room, my youngest daughter walks in with a different toy. And she looks at him and says, here, you can play with this toy. I love to share. And all of our jaws just dropped because here was this four-year-old who really struggled sharing anything, all of a sudden sharing one of her favorite toys. Well, my six-year-old son really struggled eating healthy food. So as a concerned mom and dad, we put that in a statement. We put some fresh fruit and different foods and we're sitting at the dinner table, and lo and behold, he interrupts the dinner and says, Mom, this food's so good. I love eating healthy foods. <laughs> and we just looked at each other like, what did what, he just say? <laughs> but here's where this really clicked. So my, my eight-year-old at the time, uh, she had really struggled with reading and has symptoms of Asperger's and, and autism, and, and she had stuttered, and she really struggled. So in Iowa, where we lived at the time, the, the school system had, an, they called it AR for advanced reading, and they had placed her in this in the beginning of the school year, and halfway through the year, she was at about 60% of her AR goal, and it was obvious that she was behind where she should have been. Well, in her statement, we wrote, I am 100% at my AR goal, and I love to read. Well, three weeks after we started that statement, she came home grinning from ear to ear, and she said, Dad, guess what? I said, what? She said, I'm at 100% of my AR goal today. Wow. And in three weeks she had accomplished something that she had struggled with for half the year because she started to reprogram this. Yes. And I'll never forget when it really set in for me personally. I was teaching a parent about the subconscious mind and, and I asked her what she felt she did on a really good subconscious level. And she said, I wake up at 5 a.m. before my alarm clock goes off without fail. And I kid you not, it was the first time I heard my subconscious mind speak. Without even thinking, I said, I'm a night owl. I've been a night owl my entire life. I've never been a morning person. And here I was teaching her on this concept, and my subconscious just 
regurgitated all over her. <laughs> and I said, I said, Gina, I appreciate what you just said because I'm going to experiment. And no joke, I used to sleep with my siblings because I had nightmares when I was a little kid and I could never sleep and I always struggled and people always had to wake me up, whether it was a sibling, my mother, a roommate, someone was always having to wake me up for over 30 years. I changed my mindset and I put in my statement, I am a morning person. I love waking up before my alarm clock every day. And about five days later, I was staring at the middle of the ceiling in the middle of the night and I kind of looked around thinking, I wonder if my kids are hurt or awake or whatever. And I couldn't figure it out. The next day, same thing. The next day, I finally realized I had reprogrammed a habit that took me 33 years and I had reprogrammed it in seven days. And so this has been an absolute game changer for our family. And so this one fingertip can help you understand the process of how to do that how to create this because we went through several iterations as you'll read to get to that point. And it was very <laughs> funky and awkward, but, but we got to it. And so that's something that, again, that's the pointer finger. And that's something that you can create within, within a purpose, within your, your why in your life. And you called that the cause statement? Cause statement. Yep. All right. And, and so it's, it's a fantastic way to to reprogram your mind to the things that you want in yourself and so there's some key tips that we put in here as to how to go about that because the words you choose are imperative to how you go about reprogramming this and a good example is people say i gotta lose weight i gotta lose weight i gotta lose weight i gotta lose weight and they do because consciously they're telling themselves to lose weight but then it transitions to their subconscious mind. And once they do lose weight, once they do look better, they stop telling themselves that on a conscious level. But subconsciously, they have to lose what they don't have anymore. So what does the subconscious mind do? It gradually starts to gain weight. Why? Because it has to lose it. And the same thing happens with debt. People say, I've got to get out of debt. I've got to get out of debt. I've got to get out of debt. And they do. And then the first thing they do when they get out of debt is swipe the credit card. Why? Because back here, subconsciously, without even thinking about it, they have to get out of debt. Well, how do you get out of debt, Emma Lou, if you're in unless debt you're in first. it? <laughs> yeah. You have to be right? in debt first. Yeah. So, so there's some key things that we teach. Instead of saying, I've got to lose weight, start telling yourself you love being healthy. Yep. Instead of, I got to get out of debt, start telling yourself, I'm financially free in the present tense. Uh -huh. and that's what happens. So right. this next one is the choice and consequence stick. And I have a great visual for this. It's actually a choice and consequence stick. Oh, yes. You can see it says, he who picks up one end of the stick picks up the other. You have choice on one end, consequence on the other. Yep. If you do this, then this is what will happen. Uh-huh. Pick up one end of the stick, you pick up the other. 
And I learned this from a mentor of mine about 15 years ago. And we would actually just take a yardstick in working with youth and we take choice on one end and consequence on the other. I, I found someone who makes these, and so it's a really nice visual. It but is. Here's, the, here's the problem. It's very easy to see in youth, but if you can see this in yourself as an adult, it will change your life. Because what happens is people will make a choice, and what automatically comes with it? I'm going to choose to eat that donut, and as a result, as a consequence, oh yeah. I'm going to have heartburn. I'm going to be <laughs> overweight. I'm going to feel like trash in about 22 minutes, right? Yep. So, again, this is a little bit working on the mind, but I've done this exercise with hundreds of youth and families. What do you think happens if you instead choose the consequence that you want in life? What automatically has to come with it? You have to the choice that would lead to that consequence. The choice that supports that. So, so a lot of youth that I would work with would talk about sobriety, that they wanted to be clean. Well, if you pick the consequence of being clean and healthy, then what choices automatically come with that? Exercise, rest, eating right, not putting certain things into your body that would hurt them, right? Yes. So instead of choosing your choices and then not getting to choose the consequence, instead, choose your consequences and then the choices are made for you. So Beautiful. that's another simple example of one of these fingertips. Um, another one that I really like, this is the pinky finger. So this is something you can do within five seconds, okay? Okay. So this is pinky tip number four. And this talks about a, a secret code word. This has saved lives. And a lot of people may know about this one. They just don't exercise it. So if a parent sits down with their kids and says, look, if you're ever in a sticky situation, if you're ever in trouble or if you're ever in danger, you need to be able to communicate with us so we know how to come get you without you looking like you're ashamed or you're guilty or you're tattletaling or whatever the case may be, right? Youth really yes. struggle. Yeah, yeah. So for example, if, if we determined that the word was pizza, if I called my parents at any time or if I text them and said, hey, did you pick up some pizza tonight? That immediately alerts me as a parent that what? Yeah. I need to go pick up my son or daughter. Yes, yeah. Stop doing what I'm doing right now. Uh -huh. But again, I could fake pretend like my parents are calling me and say, hey, mom, what's going on? Oh, you got some pizza tonight? Oh, that sounds great. Guys, hey, my, yeah, my parents have dinner. They said we got family coming over. Doesn't matter what you say at that point. All you're doing is stalling until your mom or dad can come pick you up. And I always talked about the bathroom rule. I said, chances are you're going to be within 50 feet of a bathroom wherever you are. And if you can get to the bathroom and make that call or send that text, it's not going to come across as weird. And it gives you an out. And your friends, 
They don't think that you're weird or awkward. You can blame it on your parents all you want. They'll take the blame. Let them be the bad people. But you know what? You're getting yourself out of a dangerous or a potentially harmful situation. I like it. Um, the middle finger, this has to do with our frustrations. And so middle finger tip number 10 refers to do your best. And I wanted to choose this one because something happened today with my oldest daughter. Uh, she runs cross country and I went running with her and she has some issues with asthma and breathing. And, but I know there's a difference between that and her putting forth her effort. I know her very well. So while we were running, she would stop and kind of complain and I'm, I'm trying to get her to come along. And when we got done, she was crying and I just, I showed her a quick video on, on something that, that relates this same concept, but John Wooden was the UCLA basketball coach and he's the most winning coach of all time. Uh, there's not even a close second. Mm-hmm. And he won more national championships than anybody. And what's interesting is on the continuum of how parents and coaches are coaching kids today for athletics, on one end of the continuum, you have parents that are only about winning. And on the other end, you have parents that are only concerned about them going out and enjoying the game and not keeping score. What I think is interesting and what I put in here is what John Wooden taught. He never focused on winning, but yet he was the most winning coach of all time. So what did he do? He encouraged his players and he helped them internalize this one concept. I don't care if we win or lose. All I care is that you do your best. Wow. And if our youth and even us as adults, if we can internalize this concept and realize winning's great, but you know what? I'm not going to feel like a winner, especially if I didn't do my best. Yes. And so that was one thing that a lot of people and parents and kids get frustrated about is winning and losing. And how do I go about this? Well, this is one aspect and how they can do their best. Okay. The last one, this is the thumb fingertip. And this has to do with our habits and how we can improve ourselves and others within five weeks. And this fingertip is called serve others more. And I had a, a great mentor of mine in another country that taught me something I'll never forget. And I've, I've understood this to be a truth and I've been able to implement it with many other people. And it goes like this. If you're struggling in your life, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, professionally, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's always one solution that'll help overcome in part some of what you're experiencing. And that solution is find ways to serve others more. Because ultimately what happens is you realize I'm being selfish. I'm being self-centered. I'm being egotistical. And the second we get outside of our own issues, we see the problems that other people have. And it makes us realize my issues are not as bad as I thought. And two weeks ago, this is very fresh in my memory. Two weeks ago, I met Josette Richardson and three of her sons. 
they came and I, I saw them uh, at a speaking engagement. And they lost their husband and father when he was in their 40s. And he wrote a marvelous book called The Message. And then she and her children wrote a book called From Our Side, uh, kind of in, in conjunction with what he had written. And I got to go learn about their story. Well, they did something that caused me to lose sleep because I wanted it so bad. They, as a family, and there was one other family that went with them, they went on a trip for two weeks and they went throughout six states and all they did was find ways to help other people and find ways to serve. And they said it was a life-changing and altering experience. Well, on our board back here in the bottom, sorry if you can't see this very well, we have written service projects. And the action item from this is to engage and enlist everyone in the family. So we rotate and one of us will choose what we're going to do for service or to go help someone or some company or some person that month. Well, my wife has this month. In fact, tomorrow we're going to a garden called Thanksgiving Point and they have a storytelling festival. And my wife went on this app called Just Serve, and she found that they need volunteers, for example, to help with pottery, with clay. Well, she loved doing that in high school, and she hasn't done it since. And she thought, I'd love this, and I'd love for my kids to learn this. She made a quick call, realized they need help for about three hours, and then they also said, hey, for helping us, we'll give you free admittance into the festival. So, bonus. So we're actually going to do that tomorrow, but we have a plan. Uh, we're just waiting to arrange the airfare, but the goal is next month, November at the latest, we're gonna go on a family trip. And we're printing up a whole bunch of these books, and we're printing up bracelets that say leaving people better. And on the opposite, on the backside, it says you've been hugged. And we're going to go serve people. Some of it's going to be scheduled. The majority of it's going to be spontaneous. But we're going to go to four states in the east where we've never really spent a lot of time. And we're just going to look for ways to help people. And we're going to give out the book to people for free. We're going to give bracelets to people. And we're going to hug as many people as we can. And we just want them to know that someone cares about them. I love it. I love it. What I just shared with you are five of 50 fingertips of ways you can proactively better yourself and your family and ultimately your community, ultimately the world. I love how Confucius said to change the world, you have to change, you know, the community. In order to change the community, you got to change the household. In order to change the household, he goes all the way down to where you realize one family at a time, one person at a time. Yes. And so this has been my life's work. I didn't realize what I wanted to do till I grew up until I was about 35. <laughs> but um, this is a, a starting point for me. I, I launched the book last year and we're launching the business aspect of it this year uh, to leave people better than we found them. And I, I you know, I, I love that um, 
just that desire to make the world a better place. And, you know, recently I've just, I, I feel like I'm meeting more and more people who have this same desire to do good. And I love it. I just, I think we need more of it. Yep. And if we can get people to want to help one another, it takes away the egotism. It takes away the self-centered and selfishness and it gets people to think about others more. And I, I don't think I know that's where it starts. And if we can do that within our family and within our community, we truly can do it as a country and as a world. And that's, that's our goal is we want to be able to help people understand how they can do that on a very simple basis, give some very simple tools and resources that anybody can go through. It doesn't take a lot of time. Literally all you need is this workbook and a notebook. That's it. There's no, there's no upselling to this, nothing. It's, it's just simple in nature. And then it's up to people to decide, do they want to be better? And if so, they've got the book to do it. All right. So where do they find your book? So they can go to leavingpeoplebetter.com and it's the distribution is on there. Uh, it is on Amazon and paperback as well as an ebook. It is not on audio. And when you read the book, you'll understand why it's not on audio. It's a very visual. Each one of the 50 fingertips are very simple in nature and it requires that you stop. <laughs> if you just went through and read it all, you wouldn't get too much out of it because you probably yes. wouldn't retain a lot. Yeah. Um, but you can get it on Amazon as well as barnesandnoble.com. And you also, it sounds like you also do um, public speaking. So. Yes. Yep. So our, our company, Leaving People Better, is about to join with a joint venture where we're going to be doing trainings and speakings uh, for companies here locally. But yes, I, I've done several speaking engagements for school teams. Um, as well as organizations and, and companies. Um, I had, uh, I'll, I'll, let, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Mike, thank you so much for your time. And I, I applaud what you're doing and leaving people better. So. Well, thank you so much, Emmalou, for what you're doing. I, I was able to go through and, and read on, read up on some of your podcasts and you know I talk a lot about family traditions and I, I saw you had someone recently that talked about that and uh, you have a lot of great things going and I, I greatly appreciate your willingness and desire and passion to, to encompass that so people have a way to, to learn and, and progress so thank you yes all right well you have a great day Yes. Good luck with all As I tell my kids, welcome to this part of the day. Welcome to this part of your life. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. <laughs>